Today's forum, as you know, is entitled Building Strong Spiritual Relationships and Friendships. All of us have relationships and friendships to a degree. The question that we're asking ourselves this morning is, how often do they tend to be on the spiritual side? How often do we get in the spiritual frame of mind as we have conversations one with another? It's our prayer this morning that God would take us on a journey through scripture and experience to see what his word teaches about this subject. As I said, I'm going to have a prayer in a few minutes. Uh, People are still streaming in. We want to be a stronger, healthier body of believers through stronger personal spiritual relationship with God and stronger spiritual relationships with each other. They go hand in hand, don't they? Many of us have experienced that as we are accountable to somebody and go deeper with each other, we're going deeper with God. The goals for today's forum is to learn the value of strong spiritual relationships and friendships in obedience to James 5.16. As you know, that's confess your faults one to another and pray with one another. We want to learn how to develop new and existing spiritual relationships. Some of them we already have. We want to develop those, go deeper with them. And some, the Holy Spirit is going to draw us into new relationships when we go home from camp and even here at camp. We want to be open to his leading in that area. We want to learn how to better bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6.2 To understand the power of mentoring and being a person of refuge, someone that others can come to to find spiritual refuge. Powerful growth that takes place in the family of God when God's people learn how to do that better. Key Bible verses, we've already touched on them, but I want you to jot these down. These are key. These, I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to memorize these. To, like the Old Testament says, write them on the doorposts in our houses. If we could, write them in in the forefront of our eyes. Spiritually, we can do that. Before the prayer, I just want to meditate on these two verses. Let's read it together. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's burdens here this morning. Many of us have laid aside those burdens for the most part and left them at home, but some of them came to camp, didn't they? Maybe it's later on in the day when you go back up to your cabin that you remember your burdens and your cares. And you just wish that something could happen, something could change. And God hears that cry as you cry out to Him. Let's read James 5.16 together. Confess your faults one to another and pray one with another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, or we could say woman, availeth much. And isn't it true we stand in the righteousness of Christ, not our own righteousness? The Bible teaches that that's the natural man is filthy rags. But in the righteousness of Christ, our prayers are powerful, they're effective. God hears them, especially when we pray with and for one another. Let's do that right now. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer and invite the Lord to teach us this morning. Father in heaven, 
We build in vain, except you be the builder. The word teaches us that. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And we thank you that you want to build a body of believers that is stronger and stronger. And you've been doing that this week through the messages, through the inspiration times and the songs, through conversations that believers have had together already. Lord, we want to learn to grow deeper in those relationships. We want to be more of a spiritual people. And we pray that you would teach us this morning in this forum to connect more with one another, to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Because we know that Jesus did that. He's our example. Lord, we pray that we could be more like Jesus. Help us to make relationships with each other that will allow us to see the cracks and the hurts inside each other. And that we can pray for one another honestly. That we can cry with one another. We know that there are some, perhaps even in this room this morning, who are struggling about an issue. A particular care, a burden, a trial, a sickness. And it still will go home with us after camp. But we know that with one another, we can bear those. And one day we will see you face to face, our King and our God. And we pray, O oh King, that you would teach us this morning about this subject. We pray this all in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. I want to recap a few key points from the parable of the king. Many of you remember how the Holy Spirit laid that parable on my heart to share with all of you at Monday Night Inspiration Time. It was a parable that God was developing over several years, just in my quiet time. And it wasn't that he was saying, I want you to share this. It was a parable for me. What kind of a relationship with the king do you want to have? was a reoccurring theme. More and more details the Holy Spirit would bring to my mind. And it was just interesting in, in those quiet times how he had talked about this king who had one son born and three adopted sons and three daughters that were adopted into his royal family. And the natural born son, of course, was closest to the king, knew the heart and mind of the king. One son and one daughter were close in their relationship with the king and were especially, especially close with his natural-born son. And God was saying to me, Fred, if you get closer to my son Jesus, learn what he did, learn the words he spoke, you will get to know the mind of the king. And so many times I fail, and you fail, and we get sidetracked. But the king is still inviting us into that deeper relationship with his son. But there's a, a detail that ties into today's theme. First, there's the contrast of some of the sons and daughters that spend very little time with the king or his son. Rarely they talked with their father, and they hardly understood each other. And isn't that true in an earthly sense, that those that just break off the, the ties of communication in relationships whether they be just peer relationships, brother and sister relationships, or father-son, mother-daughter, or 
vice versa. You begin to not understand each other. You're not on the same page anymore. Communication breaks down. Harmony breaks down. It's not what it ought to be. The final point there, sometimes they did need to go to the king and ask for something, but usually it was only when things were really desperate. Isn't that true for the prayer life of some? That God is in the background, in the back seat, and then when things get desperate, they go to the king. But there's not a relationship built that, that supports that. But one of the sons that was close to the king had spent a lot of time with his brother, the king's natural son. Learned a lot about the kingdom and its needs. Learned how to better understand the heart of the king. And this is the key point one day when we see our king. It pleased the king when his children got along well and spent time with each other and helped each other. When we stand before our king, give an account of our life. What will he say about the time that we spent? Was it with each other? Did we get along with each other? For the most part, this camp seems to be a revival of that. I, would, I, I sense, and others have made comments, that people are more open to each other, less critical, more building. And that's what the king wants. What kind of a relationship do we want to have with a king? What kind of a relationship do we want to have with each other? Being a person of refuge or a true friend, friend to someone in need starts with drawing closer to God. We want to become more like Jesus. Out of our deepening relationship with God, we're going to build deeper relationships with each, with each other, aren't we? Now think about that. God's passion, his mind, it's going to start entering us, the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the word teaches. He's going to burden us to be talking more with each other. As we talk more with each other and pray with each other, it's going to hold us accountable. It's going to point us back to a deeper relationship with God. And there's this wonderful circle and adventure that's going to start happening as we get closer and closer to the King. The accountability is something that is never comfortable, is it? Think about when you, you have a struggle and the thought process. What if, they, what if they think I'm a real bad Christian? What if they've never gone through this? What if they spread it to others? If I, in confidence, come to them and, and they whisper, oh, Fred has a struggle with this, to so-and-so and so-and-so. God takes care of that. The Holy Spirit often will lead you to someone who you can have confidence in. There are exceptions to the rule when we violate somebody's trust. We've got to be careful about that. Scripture teaches about being busybodies, gossip, and things like that. But we can't stop letting down our hair, our guard, so to speak, and being honest with one another. The mentoring concept that happens, the just side-by-side side, brothers and brothers, sisters and sisters, uh, husbands and wives, big brother, little brother, big sister, little sister, just 
looking out for the other one is a powerful, powerful spiritual principle. Can't emphasize it enough. What did Jesus do? He took disciples, key people that he would mentor, that he would work with, that he would have spiritual relationships with. If you're not in a mentoring relationship upscale, in other words, feeling that someone is helping you, you should be getting in one. If you're not in a mentoring relationship and you've been a Christian for two, five, or more years, and there's no one that you really could say honestly before God this morning, you know, God has put this one on my heart that I should be a big brother or a big sister to. If that's not happening, we are missing one of the key teachings of Jesus in his example. The biblical call to this, these are not theories. These are biblical principles that Jesus taught, that the Word teaches, that the apostles taught, that we need to look at. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. Edify one another as ye also do. We are doing this, this mentoring, this relationship stuff. We are. Some of it is by accident. Somebody comes to us and shares something and uh, right away the Holy Spirit gives us a thought or a word. That still small voice says, maybe a Bible verse or maybe a a word of comfort. And we're doing this. We want to do it more. We want to ask God how to do it more. Be aware of its needs more. The second verse there, Hebrews 13, rather 3.13 But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any one of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We're in a battle. We learned that Monday night, or we're reminded of that Monday night in the message. Actually, that was Sunday night, um, the first night. Camp is kind of messed up here with uh, the start compared to years ago. But the spiritual battle can harden us can't it? We're bombarded so much in our day. And if there was ever a generation that needs to learn how to take time aside to be an encouragement to each other, it's our generation. It's deceitful. Sin is deceitful. It sneaks in on us, every one of us. And you've seen it in your life. I've seen it in my life at times. It may not be the big ones, but it's the ones that shut down our prayer life sometimes or diminish it. It's the ones that sometimes will distract us and a need is there right in front of our eyes, our face. We didn't see it. Why didn't we see it? Because we were distracted. We were hardened in a measure with the deceitfulness of what's happening around us. It's personal inventory time. You have this sheet in front of you. We'd like to go through this now. If you get out your pens, please. You just want to get your pen and circle these as we go through it because the Spirit's going to bring things to your mind. He's going to remind you of how often, maybe not enough, maybe more in some areas, not in others. 
this is just for you to keep. No one is going to collect these and hand them in and do some sort of a survey. Um, no names on these. This is for you to take home, pray about, ask yourself these questions. The Lord, as I was praying about this topic, He had given this topic to me many years ago, actually. It's been revisited a few times in different places. And these questions just came to my heart as uh, I was preparing for this topic years ago. I believe that God wants to ask us these soul-searching questions. They're really statements, and we want to gauge the truth of them. I make it a habit to find out how people are really doing and go past the high, how are you, I'm fine. So many people we meet, we greet them friendly, we say hi, how are you. But what would you say? Do you usually go past that point? Sometimes? Or are you never? Let's move to the next one. That's right. And you know what? I don't think we could always. I mean, could you imagine if I stopped with every person here at camp? Right. How are you? And I get into your life for an hour and I try and do that with everybody. There's not enough hours at camp. But then there are those people where you need the next hour while they tell you how they are. <laughs> you got it. I mean, I'd have the hour. Ten minutes, maybe? Five? And so there's logistics of is it always possible? No. Right. I appreciate those comments. And we put this mic here for um, comments to come. And uh, there's uh, some practical aspects, especially coming through. But let's actually open it up as we go through these. If the Lord lays on a response or a question, feel free to, to do that. Uh, another thought that went through my mind is Jesus at times was just thronged with people. He's our example of the ultimate in mentoring and relationships. Could he... Do it 24-7, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week? No. There's balance in this too. We're humans. We've got to remember that. Let the Lord lead when we're supposed to go deep. Be sensitive to Him, and He'll tell us. Question number two. I asked the question to myself, I wonder what he is going through. I wonder what she is going through right now. Maybe we see them from a distance. We just sort of watch them. As we draw closer to the Lord, that question will start coming up more and more. The Holy Spirit's going to be doing that. You just can't help but hear that little voice say, go, go talk to them. Find out what they're doing. I want to share an experience. The Lord just reminded me just now with His Spirit of an experience along those lines. And this is in the category of someone that we might not be close friends with. There's a bunch of different categories of relationships, as you know. There's our, our friends that we've already established this bearing one another burdens, perhaps to a degree. Um, we're close enough that we can drop our guard quickly and our conversation doesn't take you know, a long time to get there. Then there are people who we really haven't connected with. But God is now prompting us to do something. And that happened in my church with a dear brother who, for many years, was a very, very upbeat brother. Active in the CFG. 
mentoring young people. Just had a heart and a passion for the youth, for me, other Sunday school kids. And then some circumstances came into his life where his wife passed away. Terrible blow. We could see his countenance change. The wind was knocked out of his sails, so to speak. It wasn't the same anymore. His boys are, at this point, in their late teens, early 20s. They're hurting. Their mama died. Their mom's a Christian. Died tragedy. Young. Way before her years. Now the, the boys are hurting too, all at the same time. The father sees his hurting boys. They don't know Jesus yet. Some of them want it at times, but they don't know him as Lord and Savior. Many, many nights this father would go home after work and cry himself to sleep. God, what's going to happen to my boys? And the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and said, Fred, go, go talk to him. Pray with him. He's hurting. And I'm a busy person. It's not easy sometimes to do that. And the Spirit came again and said, Fred, go talk to this brother. And I, I did. I invited him into my home several times on a Sunday and then on a Thursday night and on a Tuesday night and began to talk. The more we talked, the more he dropped his guard. He began to share deep inside his soul, Fred, I just sometimes want to run away, go up north, go out east to the east coast, but I know that won't solve anything. I can't run away from these circumstances. They hurt so bad. And now my business is failing. And he became to me a, a type, a picture of a modern-day Job. And it was my prayer that God would begin to, to heal and build up and touch this brother. And God began to do that. I saw it with my own eyes. And the healing process isn't over. God is still working. And our King still cares of that situation and the ones that you know about in your home churches. And the follow-up of these kinds of situations are so critical. We can't pray one prayer and it's done and it's fixed. We've got to keep putting our arms around these brothers and these sisters who are hurting. We've got to keep coming and saying, How you doing? And truly listening, if we say that and walk away, that's not going to help, is it? God's going to lead us into those kind of situations. Number three. People know they can come to me and share their thoughts or problems because they find a listening ear that tries to understand. I wish that was true in my life 100% of the time. Perhaps you could say the same thing. I wish that was true, but we know it's not. Realistically, it's impossible to be true 100% of the time that everybody is going to feel comfortable always to come to us. 
But it's a scale there, isn't it? At some degree, people are going to be more comfortable to come to some people than to others. It has a lot to do with who we are and how we come across. Some of the other uh, statements address how we come across. Let me ask a question. We can have a little bit of discussion on this one. Is it natural in difficult situations for someone to approach someone else and just dump it out? And if, if not, why not? Okay, people, sometimes when we share, they, they just don't know what to say. They're speechless. Other thoughts? Okay. The question is, is it natural to just come to someone and just drop our guard and our reservations and share with them a deep need, personally or in our families, to someone? And if not, why not? And one of the comments was made, sometimes people are flustered when we do that and they don't know what to say. Uh, Brother Tony. Well, one of the most powerful and common things is pride. You don't want to look weak or divulge your sorrow and your <clears throat> shameful problems to other people and you're afraid of gossip. Okay. Pride and fear come into play here. Good point. Okay. Great. Sister Barbara. So low, they often have absolutely no words, and they really rely on those who are strong to see that distress and bring it out. Okay. You brought up a super important point that I want to repeat for the tape, reword a little bit. When people are hurting this bad, they're not working at full capacity spiritually, are they? So they're not going to have the courage they normally might have had to come to someone else and to open up. So we've got to pick up on nonverbal cues. We've got to pick up on the, the Holy Spirit's voice. Just on little things. He, as we get closer to him, he's going to say, that sister there is hurting. She didn't say a word to us. There's just this, this sense we're going to get from the Holy Spirit that that's happening or a phone call, or a visitation. You've, you've experienced this at times. Go visit aunt so-and-so. Go visit this brother. That brother didn't even call. Right? You heard the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit say, go do it. And that's how God often will connect these bear one another's burdens situations. Open up the door of conversation so that someone can do it. Brother Andre. Well, and truthfully, I believe, depending on circumstances, uh, others, as loving as they might be, could not really truthfully understand. Sometimes it's just the soul that's hurting, just needs just someone to be there. Not even say anything. Or it, it's hard to describe because circumstances are different, but one of the worst things we could possibly do I'm sometimes guilty, but I'm trying to be careful. You say, 
I know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. I understand your pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and we say that so easily, but we have no idea what it really does to the other person. The other person is thinking, you don't know how I feel. Look at your life. It's very different than mine. Look at your circumstances. And so what we could share is there was a time when I felt a little bit of what you're feeling, and this is how God brought me through. And, and identify perhaps in a small way, if they hear some of your past hurts and how God helped you, that can help bridge that gap of they don't know how you feel. Yes? In my own life, Amen. Okay, I'm going to repeat that for the tape, uh, and then uh, we'll. There's a few more hands up. Saying just, I don't know how you're feeling, but let's do it together. Let's go through this together. Let's pray through this together. Let's search the scriptures and God's will together. Brother Ted. Helen and I are part of a support group due to her sickness. One of the things that that whole process is, is not necessarily that we know what they go through, but there are things that we go through. If we share it with them, in that process, they pick up things that can apply to their lives. We might not be addressing the same exact issues at all, but the things that we have gone through might be of advantage to them because they might go through ahead a little bit later. So this can help even prior to some major problems. Okay, there's some groundwork that's laid in this mentoring and sharing situation. That is very useful later. Excellent point. I've learned that what I've experienced myself, for example, losing my spouse, and I know others that have, to be able to relate to that, because I can empathize with it. But when I don't know what the situation, I have maybe a difficult time. But with the experience I have had, and I know someone else has, I try to empathize Okay. And we can learn more about their situation by just letting them talk, letting them share, and cry out their hurts without saying, oh, I got an answer for that. Just let them unburden these cares and these questions that are coming out. And the Holy Spirit may give you some advice later to give, but don't just interject a lot. Let them cry it out. There's two thoughts here. Sister Mary? Just being there and waiting to see what condition they're in, if they're ready to talk or not to talk, like you said. Okay, ask more questions and listen more than give advice. Uh, thank you. And then there's a sister right behind there. That sister thought, you know, I've been through 
A good point. Be careful how we come across with our well-meaning advice. We can sometimes, by our choice of words, say the wrong thing that can hurt. Uh, there's just so many hands up here. Uh, obviously, the, the Lord is really touching all of our hearts, and uh, I can't possibly catch everyone. Uh, Sister Peg. I can remember a difficult time when we were going through and in our life, and I remember the sisters and the brothers would just come up and put their hand on my shoulder and say, we're praying for you. They didn't want any nitty-gritty details or anything like this, but you know, that was very precious to me because I tend to be more of a private person. And just knowing that I had the prayer support, and then when I felt free enough to talk with them, then I could open up. Okay, just sometimes a, an arm on a shoulder, a caring touch, makes all the world of a difference. Uh, I found it with my experience recently when I lost my mom, actually, my very good friend and my sister and everything in one person. Advice usually made me very angry because I had no, I didn't lose my mind. I understand everything. But there's a battle in me that I have to, my heart has to figure out the same things and I have to let it out. I understand that everybody's caring and caring and trying to help out, but helping out is not telling me, oh, you know, this happened to so-and-so. Well, I really am sorry for that person, but please help me out how to, how to make a connection between my mind and my heart, because that's the hardest part, at least in my situation. So advice is not always a very, very good thing. Okay, appreciate those comments on this topic of advice. Um, be careful. Let's all be careful to make sure that the Lord is laying that advice, this word of ex exhortation, if you will, on our heart, and it's not just our quick comeback, our knee-jerk reaction that's, that's coming back to these people when we're in these situations of mentoring, bearing one another's burdens. So many good thoughts have been shared. We want to move on. Number four, I listen patiently to people without being judgmental or condescending. The Bible says, judge not, lest ye be judged. I'm going to catch up here with uh, our questions. Uh, most of you have the sheet in front of you. Human nature will often surmise a situation and easily pass judgment. We've got to battle against that. So often, the kinds of things we just talked about can happen. We judge a situation quickly. We judge a book by its cover. We don't even know the full situation. And we've judged it already. And will we build a lot of relationships? This might be a rhetorical question, but I want you to, to give feedback on this. Will we win into the hearts of a lot of people and build a lot of relationships if they feel that we're critiquing everybody that we walk and come in contact with? I see some hands shaking. Why not? Most of us are very adept at criticizing ourselves. And uh, it doesn't help to have somebody else criticize us as well. And so when it's, it's done in a, in a critical spirit, it reinforces our negative thinking and, and, and will not help to, to get us out of that path. Exactly. Brother Ted. Brother Fred, often when we do those things, we don't do it to ourselves. 
we don't criticize someone else to ourselves. We do it to somebody else. We, we share that with somebody else. Now, how are we going to get their confidence when we just talked about somebody else and on our judgment of their situation and share that with them? They're going to say, well, the first opportunity he's going to have is going to share, share something about me and judge about me. We can't build friendships that way. Okay. It doesn't work because people aren't going to trust us. Excellent point of the trust aspect of this. If we are starting to be critical of each other by whispering our critique or our judgment after someone shared something with to somebody else, and now Joe and Sally know about it, people are not going to feel comfortable in coming to us and bearing their burdens. We're going to breach that trust, aren't we? And it's so important that we look at the whole council of Scripture, the other Scriptures that talk about not gossiping, Talk about integrity. Talk about not offending one another. There's just a whole bunch of them that come into to play with this. Judge not, lest ye be judged. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be discerning. But we have to be careful that we don't like something. Usually, my rule of thumb that the Lord has laid on my heart is, if I don't like something that someone has done, I'm not the person to say anything if I have no relationship with that person. Now, there may be exceptions that the Holy Spirit will do because it's impossible to have a relationship. But in a general sense is what I'm talking about. Uh, I can't just see a stranger almost or virtually just hi, goodbye, and maybe know their name and suddenly say, you know what, I just heard this and this about you and I'm just really concerned, brother. Um, you ought not be doing that, or sister. Now, that might be well-meaning, but build a relationship first. Find out what God is doing in that person's life. Ask a lot of questions. Find out what is the reasons for why maybe this behavior showed up before you judge. With all thy getting, Proverbs says, get understanding. Bind it around your heart. There's so much hurt that can come when we don't understand why somebody did something. We're just addressing the surface issue and not the motivation and the heart of it. Thank you for those comments uh, about the dangers of being condescending and judgmental. We want to keep moving here. Number five, I visit with people, not just my friends, to encourage them to find out what the Lord is doing in their lives. It's easier to visit a friend. I'm like that too. And we should do that. We should have friends and people that we're close to, and we should visit them and spend time with them. Part of this forum is all about that. But there are times when it's stretching past that to visit with people that just need a refuge with someone who is going to be a listening ear, someone that they know cares. What would you rate yourself there? Often? Usually? Sometimes? Never. Do you ever go to the hospitals? It's not a relative. It's just somewhere that God has put on your heart. They probably don't get a lot of visitors. Or they probably got a lot of visitors in the beginning and they're probably not getting many now. Do you go and 
spend some time with them, take a pocket New Testament maybe with them and ask, what's your favorite verse? Read it. Maybe take a CD or a tape and play it with them. I visit with people and not just my friends to encourage them to find out what the Lord is doing in their lives. It's not just sick people either. Sometimes it's just someone God lays on our heart to visit. And powerful, encouraging things can happen with that. Number six, we want to spend a little bit more time on. I pray with someone whom I'm close to after we confess our faults or trials with one another. And that's biblical. Could you there. Yeah, uh, the, that's a good point. Uh, the, the, the text actually um, says faults in that particular text, but really, faults are sins in the eyes of God. There's maybe some weightier sins that, in terms of their impact in situations, but they're all sins. And at times we have to be honest with that concept and say, you know what? I know this is sin. This is not pleasing to God. I'm missing the mark. I pray often with someone who I'm close to after we confess our faults to one another. James 5:16, the first half of the verse. We read the other half. Why is this so tough? And if we would do a survey and hand it in, and I could be wrong with this. You can come up to me afterwards if 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 you sense of, that I'm a little off on this percentage. I believe that we're probably at about 10%, one out of 10 times when we ought to be doing this, or 10% of the people are doing this. 10% have a person that they can really confess their sins to and pray with. But keep in mind, there's a second half to that. You can say, Brother Bob, I'm really struggling with this. And, and by the way, this brother has been, as a young man, I remember times when, when I just sensed the Holy Spirit working through Brother Bob and, and he gave me the, the confidence to just go to Brother Bob and say, I'm struggling with this. As a young man, 19 years old. And just to hear a listening ear and to have a prayer together. What I believe that is the challenge in this situation is how do we move from not doing this enough, not praying with each other enough as a denomination, to doing it frequently, regularly, and learning that as a people of God. How, how can we get there? I think there are in my mind, there are two main reasons for why we do not do that. First, we're afraid that we're called a, an unspiritual or a weak Christian because Christians don't do things like that. I'll be looked down at. And second, we have a profound misunderstanding of what it means to be a partaker of one's sin. And therefore, we shut it off and we don't talk to anybody. Okay, um, that could happen. And I'm afraid that um, the other person understands. We have, we have to explain what does it mean to be a partaker of one's sin. Let's just define that. Or Brother Bob, if you want to just comment on that. 
I, I just wanted to add to what Brother Tony just said. There's a third one too, and it has it has caused me to deal differently in some situations with with sin in people's lives, including my own, because of the gossip that I know has happened. Often, I have to be honest, as a result of somebody else finding out and. I don't think there are many sins in the entire Bible that are worse than the sin of gossip. And, 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 and as a fellowship, I think we have been finding the difficulties in other people's lives. A juicy conversation, pardon me, I'm going to say it exactly as I feel it, as a shepherd over many years. Um, and, and, and I think that's a terrible sin. I don't want to say any more than that, but it has actually caused me, in some cases, not to violate the scripture when someone would come come to me, but to deal with them differently. You know, there are those who, who have reminded me in the past often, you know, you didn't deal with that right because the Bible says, those that sin rebuke before all that others may fear. Um, that's a scripture that's very true also, but a lot of our people don't understand that. That's right, and that, that context or the, the scripture that says rebuke before all is really in harmony with the other scripture that says if they haven't heard the two and the three, bring it before the church. And uh, when it's at the early stages of hurt and a struggle and we haven't made those efforts for two people to go, we cannot have this get out to all. We cannot, brothers and sisters. I want to just support what this brother has said Let's be careful with the sin of gossip and have healing come into our lives with this deadly, deadly thing that can happen. Uh, way in the back, uh, Sister Lynn. I just wanted to mention too that we need to find gossip for amongst ourselves. Sometimes we think that, oh, I'm just going to discuss this with someone in my immediate family. Okay? Somebody can say somebody can come to me with, with a problem. There's just so many concepts that are in what you said that are important. I want to recapture a few for the tape. The concept of sharing with family and well-meaning sharing with family and, and sometimes how that can change and, and uh, be distorted uh, into ways that you didn't mean it to be. Um, and we're all guilty of it to a degree. One of the safeguards to gossip is no names. Leave off the names. If you're sharing something with somebody that you want to have a prayer partner on, there's a person who came to me, and I'm not even going to tell you where they live, and disguise the situation and have them pray if there's a certain amount of sensitivity to that situation. But they know 
they can pray with you on that situation. And uh, there's other ideas, perhaps, uh, thoughts to share. The Bible says that those of you who are strong, bring them back so that you may, you may save their souls, but be careful not to fall in the same predicament, not to be partakers of the sin. That's what really makes a lot of sense. It, by them confessing to you, don't partake of anything. But be sure not to fall into the same trap they are in. But bring them back. Those who are strong in the Lord, bring them back so that you can save them. Yes. I wish this wasn't on the table. Because um, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I think it's very dangerous to take the word fault out and replace it with sin. When something is a fault, it is not done deliberately. Sins are either done deliberately or they're not done deliberately. A fault to me is something that you don't deliberately do. But if someone came to me with a deliberate sin, time after time confessing it, I don't, I, I just don't know what I would do for that. To me. I personally, in my life, have distinguished that when something is deliberate, it is a sin. When it is not deliberate, when I was trying to get help for a sister, and I had to speak to someone else over my head. And so I called someone and said, how can I help this sister? You, you've been through it. I don't consider that. Okay. Appreciate that comment. Um, it's hard sometimes to figure out what exactly a word means, and, and I believe the concept is understood. Deliberate sin is much more serious than when we slip into sin Faults are still sin, but there's a, there's a distinction between whether it's deliberate or not. I appreciate that distinction. God has really been speaking to our hearts about this topic. Number seven, I pray for those who are in trials or needs and feel with them. Having a burden of prayer for others will come as we more and more spend time with the King and hear His mind and His heart. If that's not the case for you, if you don't find yourself praying a lot for trials, just begin to talk more with the king in your own private devotions and in your life, and you're going to discover that that's going to change. Today's situation, we've already talked in brief. I believe that regularly meeting is another dimension. We could do a show of hands. I'm not going to do that. But we could ask this question, and I want you to, in your mind, raise your hand or not. Do you meet on a weekly or bi-weekly basis with a brother or a sister as an accountability mentoring partner in good times and bad to be able to bear one another's burdens? I believe less than 5% of us are doing that. You could be in a smaller group, but uh, an accountability group could be two or three, to weekly open up your heart. Too many of us can't open up our hearts to each other. We haven't learned that. And God is challenging us this morning to that concept. Find somebody that you can weekly meet with, bi-weekly if it has to be, to drop your guard with. Not just when you're hurting, because if you build that relationship, then when you are hurting, you can open up. And you can have a strengthening in your faith walk as the battles come. And you won't be afraid at that point to admit your situation.
Some people ask the question, well, why is our situation like this these days that people don't open up much anymore and we're not touching each other's lives as much? It's the signs of the times in our technology and our culture. North America is filled with too much independent living. We've got conveniences. We've got insurance that covers almost every tragedy that you can think of. And the interdependence isn't like it was in earlier generations where perhaps with a horse and buggy they used to drive two, three hours and spend time talking and sharing and finally they could open up. We don't want to go back to horse and buggies. We can't. But we can go back to a time where we talk more with each other, where we make time with each other, make time in our local churches for home meetings and for one-on-one. We need a greater sense of community. These are closing verses. Then we'd like to have a closing prayer, asking God for strength to take this home. God is able to change us to take us to the next level of relationships with himself and with each other. He can do more than we can ask or think. Let's read this verse together. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ through all ages, world without end. Amen. I just realized that's the second half of the verse. This is another one that Brother Mark read. It's a prayer. And this is a a place in your Bible to underline or to square this as a box. Key spiritual verse to grow deeper with God. A prayer of intercession for somebody. And you can put somebody's name in there. For this cause I bow unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you and put that person's name in there, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with his might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts richly by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints, the whole sense of community, what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of God, the love of Christ, which passeth all knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. One of the fruits of these relationships is getting closer to our King and being filled with His fullness and the joy, incredible joy, sense of purpose and adventure that comes with deeper relationships. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time where we could share and hear experiences of the kinds of things that we know exist in all of our lives, hurting families and individuals. Father, we want to be a deeper, more spiritual people of God. We want to have deeper relationships with each other, but we can't do that on our own. We look up to your throne right now, and we know that you have given us an intercessor who is our friend who sticks closer than a brother. And the promise of praying in his name, 
that whatsoever we ask in his name, that you will do it. We come in the name of Jesus and ask, Lord, help us to be a people who learn to be more and more a person of refuge, a person to bear one another's burdens, to see the needs of our hurting world, our hurting church family at times. Open up our eyes, Father, to brothers and sisters and to the lost who are hurting. If there is one here this morning who came to this forum and is in deep need right now, together as a body of believers, we pray for that one. Lord, wrap your arms around them. Help them to know that your family cares. Help them to know that you as their father care deeply for that need. If there is one that is still outside the fold and wants to come in, Lord, bring them in. That they can become part of a family who has a sense of purpose to make a difference in our world with our relationships and with the purpose you give us in your kingdom. We thank you so much, Lord, for the moving of your spirit even now. We know this is all you. It has nothing to do with us other than our obedience as vessels in your hand. Lord, make us more like Jesus. Help us to empty ourselves of self, to be more like Jesus, to do the kinds of relationships that he did. Thank you for teaching us more about these spiritual relationships. We give you all the honor and glory, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.